Andrew Lee, thanks so much for speaking with me this afternoon. Real pleasure, James. Would you describe yourself as a lucky politician? Absolutely. Uh, I just think about my uh, parents, uh, with who I didn't choose, but uh, the uh, good fortune of having two extraordinarily loving parents uh, bringing me up. Uh, the uh, luck of getting to meet Michael Kirby at a uh, law mooting event, who then took me on as his judge's associate, which then allowed me to uh, open uh, opened all kinds of doors to study overseas. Uh, and then the, the chance of uh, my predecessor, Bob McMullen, stepping down in a context in which there was no one who had lined up the pre-selection for the then seat of uh, Fraser. Uh, so I've been extraordinarily lucky uh, in this uh, in this terrific career I've had. Is that why you wrote a book about luck? Is that, is that the trigger? Or did you just, were you fascinated about the, the kind of quirky elements of, of politics? James, I wrote a book about luck because I'm too worried that we spend too much time putting the successful on pedestals and kicking the unsuccessful into the gutter. And as an egalitarian, luck is fundamental to how I think about the world. Uh, when you recognise the role of luck, you're much less likely to pat yourself in the back for your hard work and uh, 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 any achievement, and much more likely to say, well, uh, there's a lot of people who worked hard out there as well, but perhaps they didn't get the lucky breaks like me. Uh, and it recognises that certain skills are valued at one moment in history and not at others. So if I'd been born a couple of thousand years ago, my... Uh, poor eyesight and scrawny build probably would have left me uh, easy prey for, uh, for, for, uh, for, for wild animals uh, and not very uh, well suited for the brawny jobs that then existed. I just happen to be born at this moment in history in which some of the skills I have are better rewarded in the labour market. I'm glad we're, we, you're not at risk of being mauled by wild animals. Uh, I've spent a lot of my career, as you know, uh, as a political reporter, analysing things in parliament, reporting on policies, and I've always been fascinated by this idea and a little depressed, if I'm honest, that a lot of it doesn't matter at all, that random random chance can play such a massive impact on whether people get elected, particularly in, in marginal seats that decide who runs the country. So, so what makes a politician lucky? Uh, well, in the lack of politics, I talk about a, a range of different factors. Uh, one is uh, how common your name is. Candidates with the most common names, uh, names such as uh, Michael, are uh, uh, about one percentage point more likely to be elected uh, than candidates with uncommon names, such mm -hmm. as uh, Tobias or Gina. Uh, it's, uh, it's also true that uh, looks matters. Uh, more attractive candidates, wow. particularly more attractive men, tend to win really? a larger share of the share of the vote. Wow. Uh, and uh, and when uh, height, of course, matters. Uh, we can uh, just look at U.S. presidents who are uh, uh, absurdly uh, tall compared to the average to see the effect of height on success. And what about being uh, first on the ballot? Because that's always such a big thing about where ballots are drawn in a, in a really tight marginal seat that everyone knows is going to go down to the wire. Absolutely. That can be, that's worth, uh, in uh, the estimates that Amy King and I do, uh, about one percentage point of the vote. Wow. Uh, so, again, that's, uh, that's pure luck and certainly made a difference in a, in a range of contests. Uh, plausibly, it even made a difference uh, in the outcome of the 2010 federal election uh, when one of our marginal seat holders uh, had a uh, top-of-the-ballot draw and won with less than one percentage point of, uh, of, the, of the vote. Who is the luckiest politician? that you know of? Was it John Howard? Because, of course, I mean, you go into the detail about how he missed out on that state seat in 1968 and then had a whole lot of downs before quite a few good ups and then became prime minister. So who's the luckiest that you know of? Well, you know, there is a there is a case that it's actually Scott Morrison. Uh, 
Uh, if you look really? at Scott Morrison's uh, pre-selection, uh, he uh, he contested a pre-selection with about 150 voters, was eliminated in the first round with just eight votes, uh, and then finally uh, the uh, the winner was uh, declared to be a guy called Michael Tauk. Uh, after the the ballot, uh, the Liberal Party state executives started to look into Tauk's background, uh, had some doubts about it, uh, and then they had a vote on the state executive, and by 11 to 9, they voted to overturn the ballot uh, and hold a new new ballot, which uh, Scott Morrison then defeated businessman Peter Tynan, 26 votes to 14. Uh, but if anybody apart from Tauk had won the first time round, then the executive wouldn't have overturned. The executive overturned, only overturned by a very ti- tiny margin. Uh, and then uh, we now look at Morrison as somebody who is uh, sort of an inevitable politician. But uh, his, his pre-selection was anything but inevitable. Mm. I've got to point out there that obviously your uh, partisan in all this is a member of the member of the Labor Party. Can I, can I ask about the Canberra? Well, no, but we can look at, at other people in the Liberal Party who, uh, who I can, I can mm. identify who pretty much would always have found their way into politics one way or the other. Uh, so, you know, you look at uh, David Coleman, for example, who was defeated then, uh, re- uh, then, then try, tried in the, uh, for Bradfield, uh, didn't make it there, and then was finally uh, pre-selected for the seat of Banks. Mm-hmm. So David Coleman was, uh, was persistent and kept on going back time and time again. Can I ask about the Canberra air disaster? Because this is such a massive event that oh, I don't think many yes. Australians are aware of, and it really changed the course of our country. How much did that random tragedy, how much of an impact did that have on politics at the time? So the 1940 air disaster uh, wiped wiped out a third of the Australian cabinet uh, and then it, it almost took out uh, Prime Minister Robert Menzies, uh, who had been booked on the flight and then uh, his, told his assistant, no, 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 I'd prefer to take the train. Uh, it uh, it sent uh, Menzies into a, a tailspin. He felt it was uh, the, the, that loss of his colleagues was something that was almost unbearable uh, and is a, a factor in Menzies lo- losing the leadership. Uh, it was also good luck for Harold Holt, uh, who was recalled from World War II. Uh, he was called Gunner Holt because he'd actually gone off to the uh, to the battlefield while in elected office. Uh, recalled, became a, a senior minister, uh, and then became the heir apparent to uh, to Menzies. Of course. Holt didn't always have a lucky career, no. as we well know. <laughs> I was about uh, to say that. He probably air, deserved a bit of a good disaster deal. was the making of him. <laughs> right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, so, James, I think that our real problem is we think about politics as chess, a game which is purely determined by the skill of the players, whereas really it's much more like poker, a game which has a bit of skill and a bit of luck. And that's how we ought to report on it, and that's how we ought to talk about it. Can I come to, to modern-day events? How bad luck, how unlucky is it for uh, an opposition to be in the middle of a pandemic at the moment? Because right around the country, we see that oppositions of both political stripes are, are, are finding it very hard due to the enormous power of incumbency during a national crisis. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's the old, uh, uh, whether he said it, said it or not, uh, the, uh, the events, dear boy, events line does <laughs> characterise much of uh, uh, how we think about politics. Uh, international financial crises uh, are outside the control of most domestic leaders and uh, as are pandemics, mm. uh, and yet they reshape political careers. I think Donald Trump would probably still be the president of the United States if COVID hadn't come along, uh, and it certainly influenced uh, every election in, in a democratic country that's been held uh, in the COVID environment. Uh, and that, of course, has an impact on political careers as well. Uh, so you uh, you think about you know somebody like uh, uh, 
Peter Costello, who comes into Parliament just before his side takes office and spends most of his time on the government benches, or Lindsay Tanner, who comes in at about the same time and ends up spending most of his career on the opposition benches. Uh, all of these outside factors of luck uh, shape the way in which political careers develop. In your, your, in your book, I mean, this is there's two leaders, Robert Menzies, John Howard, you sort of discuss, and it's been discussed a lot elsewhere about how they were both unlucky at different points in their careers and then came to rise again like Lazarus with a triple bypass. Do you think Bill Shorten was unlucky in 2019? Can he rise again one day? Uh, look, I, I, I certainly think that there were uh, factors that played into that. You look at the uh, chance that of, uh, of Clive Palmer uh, managing to or d- deciding to come in and spend mm. an awful lot on the, on, on uh, policy his, his political ads at that stage. Uh, and, you know, you look at the uh, uh, way in which uh, Scott Morrison, the, the ch- leadership change to Scott Morrison changed the electoral mm. dynamics. You know, you can't choose your opponents. And so uh, in so, some, some opposition leaders, can uh, uh, look look less effective because they're up against uh, opponents who are more politically savvy. Uh, just as you know, sports star cricketers who had to uh, bowl against Bradman uh, looked uh, mm-hmm. less, uh, less less effective as uh, as bowlers uh, mm-hmm. because they are up against somebody who is particularly good for their age. I'm not sure Scott Morrison's the Bradman of his age, but <laughs> he's certainly politi- politically canny. Uh-huh. Okay, so so that was unlucky for Bill Shorten. I think you deflected that qu- question very well, Andrew. Thank you so much uh, for speaking with me about luck this afternoon. And uh, as you go, is, is there anything you think that uh, casual observers should, of politics should be aware of when they think about luck as we go into, into an election year? Just just to be aware of it, uh, to recognise that it is, as Peter Harcher said, the covert kingmaker in politics uh, and that you, uh, you don't want to be too cruel to the unsuccessful or too adoring of the successful. Uh, much more of life is, uh, is made up by chance than we think. Uh, that's true in politics as it is in sports, business and, and much of the rest of life. Andrew Lee, thank you so much for your time. Real pleasure, James. Thank you.